To be or not to be, that is the question. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Don't be so dramatic. Hello, welcome to Don't Be So Dramatic. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Jason B. Moore. And we are joined today by a brilliant guest. She has worked with David Tennant, Patrick Stewart, and she's currently working on a TV show with Ruth Jones, Stella, which you may have seen on the television. So you'll be seeing her soon on that TV show. And we are joined today by Tilly Blackwood. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, yes, excited. You are... The audition doctor. I am. As well as uh, an experienced actress. So let's talk, we'll get on to auditions in a minute. Let's start with a bit about your career. Mm. So how did you start getting into acting and, and where did you train or when did you decide you wanted to be an actress? I suppose like every other actress, I sort of really liked dressing up and being other people for always. Um, but I sort of tried to be clever and sane and do a degree first in order to try and get rid of this desire to go to drama school. Unfortunately, that made it worse. So I did an English degree first, then I went to Guildhall for three years, and, um, and I've been acting ever since for 20-odd years. Wow, fantastic. I can't quite believe I said 20 years in this profession. <laughs> that is a very scary amount of time. But yeah, I've been pretty, I've been pretty lucky on the whole. And well, 20 years is a long time. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad, because, you know, some people drum school then home yeah you know so it is yeah yeah yeah. i meet a lot of those yeah 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 did you start out doing theater or did you start doing telly or which one did you it was theater first and to be honest with you i've most of my career has been theater telly is still quite a new thing for me Mm. um at my very ripe old age so my very first job was at the regent's park open air theater um i left guildhall early to do that, oh, wow. um, which is very exciting, because um, I just played Nora in a Doll's House at Drama School, which was very exciting yes. for a, a last year student, um, and it went from there, because obviously in your last year you get all the casting directors, agents and all of that who come to see you for the very first time. Do you think playing, because obviously Nora is such a yeah. huge, do you think that made a... Totally, yeah. because what it is, it's like a drama school saying, look, it's it's sort of like the, the female Hamlet, or yes. It's, yes. it's an enormous, enormous role so it's like it's like the drama school saying we think she's okay yes um so i was and that was the first production of our last year at guildhall so i was very peachy so did you write to every single person in the whole wide world to come and see nora do you know what we what we did as a year we would write a group letter because we didn't of course we were arrogant enough to think that we were special and different from every other drama school (laughs) so we formulated a letter that we thought was cheeky charming yet professional, and we sent those out to casting directors. But for a drama school like Guildhall, or the sort of accredited ones, casting people and directors and agents come anyway. Yes. It's not like... I mean, I, I, you only now realise, looking back, there's no way that that letter would have made much difference, I wouldn't have thought. I think that, that any agent or casting director or director mm. worth their salt are going to check out the old final And also show. just the building itself is very... It's good, isn't it? ...slightly grandish, isn't it? It's the Barbican and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, and that's the theatre itself is in the Guildhall. Yeah, yeah. You feel like it's proper, so, totally. so you have that. And also at the Guildhall... And as you as students, you have that proper And you have that thing. a bit of gravitas. Yes, Yeah. exactly. And, but also teamed with the drama school, you get the music side as well, which mm. adds it even more so for your final year musical, which I didn't do because I'd, I'd already gone you get these incredible orchestras mm. how mm. lucky were we um and then you but you know in the morning you arrive at, at um 
to do a voice class and you walk through the corridors of the music section you hear all these incredible soloists wow. playing Rachmaninoff or whatever that was a, I loved that yes really loved that excellent so when did you when did you start up so you your work you've been working as an actress and you continue to work as an mm. actress obviously on on tv and and, and in theater so when did you decide to start up the audition doctor because that's what you run here at the actor center where Definitely, we're recording yeah. today um i um a couple of years ago things were really quiet as ever and i'm getting to that time in my life now where I just don't always want to be the person who doesn't feel like she's in charge I've I was sort of happy to struggle on and continue for years before that but I just had enough mm. and also uh, someone suggested why don't you try uh, meeting this guy Michael John who what does he run here Michael John he's sort of uh, the chief sort of he does tutor all the tutors he, he looks after all the tutors and whatever and and he suggested I just try one class <clears throat> and just run an audition class and see what happens. And I loved it. Yeah? Like, loved it. Um, and I thought, well, if I'm lucky enough to find something else I love as much as acting, and I wasn't half bad at it, I was really... I could tell that I was something I was good at. <clears throat> and that's also very attractive, something that you're good at, to want to do it more. So I sort of took it from there and thought, well, how insane not to try and get a balance with acting because I, I'm still acting. I'm there in the middle of things. I talk to yeah. directors, casting directors, other actors all of the time. And so I can give a really valid viewpoint of what the industry's about and where it's at, what things are changing, what matters, what doesn't matter. So, yes, I took it from there, really. Brilliant. So as far as being the doctor, um, yes. because, the, you know, the whole, it's a whole weird thing, uh, Myself having been an actor and a director, you see when you suddenly are on the other side, mm. you do see a completely different thing. So, do you? Is it a case of from? Do you? Is your workshop or classes from the minute you walk through the door? Is it? Does it? Is that how you start? Is it the whole yeah. thing? It really. Like, well, you must know as a director mm. that you kind of know, and we all know as actors from when we've auditioned. You can tell. You can really tell from the mood you're in and how your day is going, that when you walk through the door, there is a huge true element that you mm. get the job then or not. Yes. Mm. It's a huge part well, of it. Well, as soon it. as someone walks through the door, you can go, before they've even spoken, you go, yes or no. Yeah, a little bit. And, it should, <laughs> and you sort of think, well, then why does anyone want to come see Audition Doctor? Yeah. All I have to do is put my head through the door and if I'm having a good day or not. But um, um, So, yeah, in that regard, when I meet people, I automatically, I mean, I'm only human, I will sort of tend to have an idea about them when they come in. And if they then if the way they come into the room to start talking to me, if they're quite sheepish or a bit ginger about things and they then start talking about their lack of confidence, I can put two and two together and make four, hopefully, and try and find a way to make that better if that's their mm. particular issue. But, yeah, it's sort of... Um, it's sort of all, all the sessions that I, I tend to do mostly one-to-one -one sessions. I've done um, audition masterclasses with bigger groups before, but what they, they tend to be um, tailor-made for that individual, every single session. For that audition. Exactly. Yes. For that audition, for that person, for that genre, whether it's telly, whether it's an app of doctors, or whether you're going for to play Hamlet at the National, they're all specifically focused to get mm. you into shape for that particular audition yeah. or i can meet actors who in general hate tele auditions or hate any kind of audition whatsoever and know that they make a mess of things how can they make them better so they 
you know, they're more generalised in that way. It's very bespoke service, and I think yes. it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially for auditions. Yeah. Because everyone is different. Yeah. You know? um, okay, so let's talk about auditioning for people out there that want to go to drama school, people oh, that are listening to God, this. Let's, yeah. let's start with that. So how, do, how would you... What's the best bit of advice top tip that you can give to, to people out there? Absolute top tip every single year without fail, the piece. The piece. The piece is absolutely the most important thing. And I see a lot of students who are coming to me on their second round, broken hearted, desperate, hated auditioning. And I ask, the first thing I ask them to do is do the pieces you did last year. And I've yet to meet a student who, who was reasonably talented but chose very bad pieces and therefore didn't even get recalls because really? I've got I've had, I've had students who will do appalling American accents or pick plays that are so completely not suited to their personality. You've got the pieces they had to be. A uh, collection of things that that on the one hand you have to show all of your positive sides all of your shiny bits all of your golden bits that you want uh, an audition panel to see and we've got to hide all the stuff that's not so good so it's a big fat confidence trick like any audition mm. but there's no what's what's the point in if you're a, 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 let's say for example you're a white middle class girl who has never gone to a council estate these are huge broad generalizations yeah but what's the point in trying to make yourself something that you're not, you haven't had experience mm. of, in order to do something you think that might be a bit clever? Now, that is not me saying that you have to play necessarily yourself. And that's certainly not to say that all white middle-class girls have never been to a council estate. But what I'm saying is that um, if you're doing two Shakespeare pieces, which is, tends to be what you have to deliver for drama school auditions, you're modern might be just a way for you to show what is so special about you. Are you utterly charming and natural, or are you incredibly witty, really good with comedy, or actually do you have a real ability to deliver a huge emotional clout? Whatever that thing is that makes you, at this time in your life, special, that's what you need to show off, and, and that's what I obsess about. I suppose it is, uh, you've made the point, is, 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 especially for drama, going to drama school, is, is choose something close, close to yourself, yeah. which is the point you're making. I mean, I remember doing a King Lear speech at the age of 16. <laughs> and, you know, that's just <laughs> why. Which one did you do? Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, wind, crack your uh, cheeks, yes, rage, blow, and yeah. all that. And I had no idea what I was talking about. Did you get in? I did, but, it, oh. but this is while I was at drama school, so I'd got in by oh, then, right, okay. so I was lucky. But, it, but I think it's, it's interesting, because I think when, especially young performers, if they've been to youth theatre or amateur theatre, um, would have had may maybe have played King Lear at the age yeah. of 16, I don't know. But I think in the, in, it's the real word is to come back, the realistic is to come back to your... To closer... For, for a drama school for a drama audition. School. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you, as you said, you've had no experience of... of Unless, age and yes, also exactly. experiencing of being around people that know that so well that you can learn yeah. from. So and it's, a, it's a really fine line, isn't it? Because mm. on the one hand, as an actor, you want to be able to play everything. Yes. And that's yeah, exactly. Only to and be especially encouraged. when you're young. Totally. You want to be Hamlet at 16. But, I, but specifically to drama school auditions, I mean, I, I, did, I did Amanda from The Glass Menagerie. So it was American South. My accents are notoriously bad. So it's American South, plus she's around 60. And I learnt the lines the night before. Somehow, God knows how, mm. I got into drama school. I mean, there were a few raised eyebrows when I 
started doing this <laughs> horrific American. Oh, ma'am. Oh, it was. I can't. I can't even. I think it was very son. gone with the wind, and it was just awful. <laughs> Um, but uh, the, it's not like I'm encouraging everyone to just be very banal and just be really safe. But it's just that really fine line between um, presenting yourself in your absolute best light. And even because the, the audition process, as we all know, is really emotional, especially if this is your absolute heart's desire and you may do about six or seven auditions you need to be aware that on a bad day when you've burst into tears that morning because you forgot your lines or whatever that your your speeches will be your best buddies who will hold mm. your hand and you can just put them them on like a, a comfy yeah. coat yeah and it's not oh my god i've now got to do this this character that I find very difficult to do, it's got to be absolutely perfect. And would you say that the, because we're talking about auditions for actors, is the same for drum school in the sense of the coming through the door thing as well? Yeah. Because it's interesting. I mean, I have, I've not auditioned for drum students, but, uh, but I have obviously actors. And, and it's interesting when they walk through the door and they're a different personality to when they start performing which is obviously that might be the case is what the character is but sometimes it's so different that especially if someone scary. comes either comes over confidence or under confidence yeah. or because there's such a fine line between being cocky and confidence and Absolutely. as a director you want to see confidence yeah. but you don't want to see cockiness and there's there's that and I don't know if that's the same for people auditioning for drama school as well well the, the it's very um when I, when I first meet a student I spend a lot of time getting to know them because I can't help these gorgeous young people yes, um, start this adventure without me actually knowing what it is they have to offer. Um, and it's interesting what you're saying about um, that, the fine line between cocky and that transformation that's sometimes a bit too weird when they start their pieces. But even before that, I'm, as far as the interview concerns, I'm agog when I first meet these individuals and I say, what was the last play you saw? And they might mention the odd musical or whatever, but I'd say about 90% of the people I meet don't go to the theatre, uh, which you can imagine <laughs> what my response is yes. to that. So anyone who comes to me for the duration of my little process, they their ass gets kicked and they get, nicely, they get serious tilly suggestions every week to go to the theatre because you've got to go to this. So that's, that's sort of vaguely related to what you're saying, but also... Lots of youngsters, and God knows, I think there are lots of actors who have bad habits too. When they have to do a bit of Shakespeare, they do this very odd sort of Shakespeare-y thing. Doing their Shakespeare. Because they think that's what Shakespeare is. And I yeah. obsess about, you know, it's wonderful heightened writing, but it's just another writer. And you've just got to focus on, well, okay, well, it's just the same as any other work that I'll do with you. What is your character needing to say? Why are they saying? All those very basic questions that if you don't... Veer off too badly, you'll kind of get it right because the words yeah. will sort of do it for you. Know why you're saying it, what you need to achieve, and it's sort of just by painting by numbers. Obviously, I make it sound easy; it's not that easy. But so the things like the the weird Shakespeare-y voice we get rid of very quickly. I'm slightly going off. Um, no, it's, no, no it's, it's very on topic of what we talk about on the show, isn't it? Oh, really? It? We, the last few shows we've been talking with various people and Jason as well about people doing Shakespeare. And, and exactly. <gasps> isn't it just yeah. terrific? It's just because vile. Mark Rylance is my hero of heroes. And I always say, because I always get my students to go, if there's a Mark Rylance thump, something on, they're sent more than once. Or because, Mr Rory Kinnear, surely. <gasps> or Mr Rory Kinnear, yes. <laughs> His Hamlet was... Uh, 
<laughs> yes. So it's that thing. And, and, but I, th I think Mark Rylance is my particular favourite because I saw him, I think it was, I just left drums gone. He did the most amazing Benedict uh, in the West End with Janet McTeer as Beatrice. Mm, mm. And it was the first time I had seen Shakespeare um, done by somebody. He, he, yes. he, I, I say this a lot. He's so flirtatious uh, as an actor. I mean, it yes, was he is. outrageous. He comes and he does it. He did it in a production of, in the, his production of Jerusalem as well. He comes right to the lip of the stage and sort of dares you. Challenges. Challenge. I mm. love it. Mm. And also, but you can't do that unless... Where putty in his hands, we, we're there from the second the lights yeah. go out, you know. Um, and he, the way he can take the, the language and make it connect to you—that's your job as an actor. If you don't do that, you're not doing anything. Yes, and it's interesting. It's going back to the audition thing now. It's it's uh, going now going back to we were just talking about putting on. It's when you, especially in an audition situation, which is so. I compare it to going to the dentist. They're the worst <laughs> things ever. Uh, for me, I'd rather just talk to the person mm. than say, oh, let's do your piece because you get to know the person. And then when they do their thing and they put on, then you just go away. But if it's a case of just talking and doing it and going back to Rylance, when I just on YouTube saw... Uh, Richard II. Oh, I saw that with the and letter thing. Yes, and he the, has last, an apple the last speech, hand. the last speech before he gets, well, Richard II gets killed. He just sits there and he just does his apple and <gasps> eats his apple. And, and but it's bewitching. And it's bewitching, but that's a perfect example for an audition mode, mm, I think, mm, because mm. he's just sitting there. And I think in that, I think as a director, I'd probably be quite captivated. And, oh, and, and, also, and then as soon as someone leaves, you go, oh. You're God. not being talked at. You're being yeah. invited to join him, mm. not being told what mm. to feel. It's like if there's too much bad underscoring in a film, you're being told what to think. Yes. I hate yes. that. It drives me crazy. If I don't hear the underscoring, I love it. But it's, it's the same with actors who come on and Mm. bombastically sort of which is a great thing for an audition because mm -hmm. you, it's your like five minutes of fame sort of scenario yeah but it's five minutes of I mean it was a wonderful opportunity I mean we all hate auditions you know mm. you, it, it, they're really hard to get right but in reality it's a wonderful opportunity which we always sort of forget we, th we see it as some arduous exercise to be got through Whereas just like if you're serving in a tennis match, it's your one opportunity to be in charge. It's not, you know, yes, of course, you may be asked lots of questions and be told to um, read certain scenes or whatever, but at any time, you can stop. You could, and Because a director or a panel at an, a drama school, they're desperate, desperate to find you. And desperate for you to be good. Oh, God, yes. So and I'm desperate in my living room or here at the Actors' Centre... I'm des I, it, there's nothing that gets me excited more, God, I need to get out more, um, than uh, <laughs> m meeting young students who I just know uh, are just talented. They've just mm. got that thing. They've mm. just got, mm. got it. There, there aren't many of them out there. No, it's, again, it's the same in the rehearsal room. If you see it, you get... It's, it's quite, yeah. I remember, the, actually, the last play I did, uh, an actor came and auditioned for me and it was his recall, and he was to read with someone else, and the other person was the main reader, and he was just to listen. And I just looked at him listening, because he just was listening so beautifully <laughs> and so intently, yeah. but the other guy that had the main speech, I had no interest at all, but just is the captivation, and I cast him on his listening Isn't skills. it interesting? Because it's something that people say, because the whole thing about acting being an active thing, and um, I say to for drama school applicants that there are two people usually unless you're talking to the skies or whatever there tends to be two people in a monologue and your job is to create the other person 
Yeah. You have to imagine this, the other person. What's the other person's face doing? What's, uh, is that person walking away? Do you need to get their attention? How are you going to get their attention? Are they going attention? to interrupt you? Are they... Exactly, because you, don't, you have to earn the right for those 15 or 20 or so lines. No one's, why, you can't, you've got to demand to, to have mm. that attention. You can't just... There has to be a reason that you get... Who, who, apart from me, who speaks relentlessly for that amount of time without being interrupted? Not many people. No, no, yeah, You've absolutely. got to earn that right. And expect that. It's yeah. the same I say again for monologue plays. Expect someone from the audience to ask a question. Expect that. Expect yes. that conversation and to happen. And that's okay. Yeah, and it's normal. Yeah. Um, well, there's one question that I... When I've done workshops myself and uh, actors seem to always ask this question... And they're always afraid of it. Is um, should I look at the panel? Should I look at the director? Should I look? Should I look above? Should I? And I, I remember being in the scenario. I said, "Oh, oh, look at them! Look at them! Look at them! Look at me!" I'd, and then someone saying, "No, no, you mustn't do that. You might embarrass the director." And I was thinking, "Oh, well, maybe, yeah." But for me, it's, so that's an always question. I always students get. always ask me, yeah. I, and I because uh, now because it's changed over the last couple of years. Different drama schools have different ideas. I personally, you're not, um, by looking at the director or the panel of judges that you're auditioning for, they're not acting with you. Why would you look at them? Because they're not going to get, it's completely false. Your job, I mean, people have differing differing opinions, it's just me. Mm. Just, you have to create this world on your own. Their job, a director's job, a casting director's job, a panel's job, is to observe. Mm. If you're engaged in that, yes, of course, you get a bird's eye view and you feel and a good audition speech will draw you in, but I, I always say, ask, just ask. It takes two seconds to say, would you rather I looked at you or not? Then it's Mm. done, it's sorted. Mm. But I always um, rehearse with them not looking at me. And it's easy just to change your point of glance if, if, if they say, no, we absolutely want you to look at us. <laughs> or um, drama schools um, sometimes provide students, especially in the yes. recall stages. Yes. They get you another student from the third year in to completely... Intimidate you. Intimidate, <laughs> freak you out. I had and a, say, I'm a third year student yes. and you're not even in the school yet. I know, yes. but they're <laughs> charming, delightful, kind. <laughs> so let's talk about auditions for, for working actors, for people mm. that are out there. So what advice, obviously, I assume the same advice, similar advice to what you've said anyway about drama schools, for people that are in the industry and that are, that are going to an audition, what, what advice can you give to people? Um, for, um, very practically speaking, in general, first and foremost, for any television audition, I always learn every line. Because on the whole, for any television audition, you have a camera there. And if you're even... Because I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm a bit lazy. I, do, I should take my own advice. I sort of half learn. So I do a lot of looking up and down. But it's nothing in compared to just looking down a camera. So yeah. that's first thing. Theatre, no. I never learn my theatre stuff for auditions. But that's, so that's a practical thing. But as far as your job as a professional actor is concerned, if uh, whatever, whatever the scene sides that you're given, your job is to find, make choices about the character. You may have five lines, three lines and a hiccup. But, but through whatever, however tiny or however dense this character is, you have to make bold choices very quickly um, and, uh, and play those very strongly. Now, the director or the casting director may say, well, could you make her or him slightly different? That's fine. But go in with an idea about how you want the character to live. So this is your idea. Mm. So you're already, you're not kind of being all vanilla about it. Make, you can only be you or what you, your instinct about the interpretation initially is about a character. And then they can redirect you if they don't like it. Mm. But make a decision. Don't just 
go in there with a decision made. No, make a decision about it. It could be wrong. Well, there Mm. you go. But if you go in there a bit lily-livered without any ideas... I think, personally, I just find that less impressive. Yes, that's, that's true, because um, when people do come in and they make a bold decision and it's not what you want, but you can see something and you see that confidence again, then you can say, as you said, the director say, well, And then the try. joy is, OK, show that you're really good at being redirected. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's another, another question, that should, these are strange questions, is, oh, should I dress for the part? Should I oh, God, go out yes. and buy a suit because I'm going for a bank manager? What? You see, when I was at drama school, we would all, in our, again, in our arrogant way, we'd go, oh, God, what idiots. Just, oh, God, it's just not being an artist. Doing yes. In reality... Um, in general, again, I'm talking great broad generalisations, but for telly, I definitely dress for a part. And definitely. I can't face commercials anymore, but yes, if you're going to go for a commercial, even more, you have to f- be forensic in your preparation. They want it, the, the absolute, mm. what their description is on the character breakdown. For theatre, I've never dressed for theatre it's not that I don't make an effort, but um, I, but, but yeah, for, for telly, like for this telly I'm doing at the moment, um, she has to be a solicitor um, of a certain class, um, a certain sort of type, and so I totally dressed for it. Mm. And mm. so that's the slight <clears throat> difference. Mm. So yeah, it is true. What, yeah. was, what was the audition process like for Stella for you? Stella, it? it was this t- it was it was sort of slightly magical actually because. Um, because Stella, if anyone who's watched it, stars Ruth Jones, who wrote Gavin and Stacey. She's also co- co-writes Stella. Um, and it was Christmas time. I ha- was seriously out of work, seriously out of work. And I think it was the day before Christmas Eve that I met her and her husband, David Pete, at the Soho Hotel. Oh, no, the Charlotte Street Hotel. And they got a, a room there, and it was so cosy and lovely. And I felt like the little match girl, matchstick girl coming in from outside the cold <laughs> and, uh, and meeting one of my heroines in the flesh. And I sort of didn't want to go. I might have overstayed my welcome. I read with her. couldn't believe I was reading with Ruth Jones. It was all very exciting. I left, and the next day I got this charming email from David Pete saying, we love her. Obviously, um, <laughs> what you want to hear as an actor. And I yeah. sort of got it from then on, teamed with the fact, and again, I just couldn't believe my luck, that I'd be in this fantastic series, but also that Ruth um, likes to cast well ahead so she knows who she's writing for. So couldn't quite believe that... Oh, wow. Sorry, is Ruth Jones writing for me? Wow, I couldn't wonderful. quite believe my luck. So I was very kittenish about that. So that was really straightforward. I just met, said hello, but... The two days before that, because I hadn't seen Stella, so I'm not going to turn up not having seen it. So I bought, I spent the entire weekend watching series one and two of Stella um, and did indeed turn up as an absolute fan. I think they probably thought I was a bit of a nutcase. Um, <laughs> Quoting but, lines from the... Yes, <laughs> slightly embarrassing. And I kept saying, tell me what happens. No, don't tell me. Yes, tell me, <laughs> like a weirdo. Um, so I think they gave me the job out of pity, really. Um, but that... If I hadn't prepared, if I hadn't been such a, a nutcase about my love affair with this programme, it might have tempered it slightly different, mm. you know. And also, I knew, having watched it, what the style was, just yes. how naturalistic it was. I mean, I, having done loads of theatre, I, <laughs> I might yeah. address it slightly differently, but I, it just completely reminded me, no, it's totally, totally natural. And it's, yeah, so... That preparation was easy. Just watch loads of telly. Well, there's something to be said about that. And if you're auditioning for telly, that you watch what 
the, either director, writer has has done, or all yeah. the show. If it's a current TV show, you watch the previous seasons. You find T- out because about it. It, every t- different television program has a different start. And also, mm. if you're going for uh, something, we all know what fodder telly is. You know that's something not so great. You know, if you then see your app and you think, well, that's not very good television. Well, you've got to take responsibility for that. If you don't want to do that kind of telly that kind of thing, well, then don't go for the audition. But if you, you... A, you need to take responsibility for the kind of work you're going to do, but also know the kind of style, what kind of directors have worked on it, what actors are in it, what, what is this world that they've created. It really helps to have a shortcut. Yeah, that's interesting, because I suppose going back to... Well, talking about theatre and television, um, about doing... For theatre, again, should you do your research about the director, about the play, about the writer and all those sorts of things and also again this is maybe a a thing that that directors and cast people may pick up subconsciously if you're not really interested Mm. in going for this play Mm. or this thing yes okay you when you're starting out you might want to do anything to get something on your cv but if you really don't want to, why are you wasting your time and should you you, you, should you even from leaving drama school this is the direction I want to go even if you don't have any work at all and you're trying to get an agent and all those sorts of things. But you must know, as a director, anyone, any actor um, who turns up, who who gives an impression and they haven't really... Bothered. They're not really bothered. Then are you really bothered to have them in the rehearsal yeah. room? Yeah. In a, yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, I, I'll give you an example um, why I always want to know who the director is. Not that, oh, my God, that I'm so lofty that I think I need to check they're good enough. But things like if, for example... Uh, if you're going to work with Max Stafford Clark, you need to know that the way he works is to action yes, his text. Action, yes. So don't turn up on day one and go, oh my God, you've got to know, that's your job. That's very true. Um, yeah. uh, Peter Hall, when he works on Shakespeare, always um, acknowledges the end stop on the end of every line of Shakespeare. Well, if you don't go, oh no, I didn't know, well, you, that's your job, mm. really. Mm. Okay, great. Well, let's... Let's talk about how people can get in touch with you. Ah. So, so if obviously you run classes here at the Actors Centre. I do. I'm now doing two surgeries um, every <laughs> month on a on a Monday morning from ten thirty to one thirty, and the rest of the time I'm either acting or teaching from my home in Borough, which okay. is near the Tube. Near the Tube, handy. That's convenient. Excellent. And what's your website? How can people get in touch uh, with you? Yeah, my website is www.auditiondoctor.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter at Audition Doctors. Brilliant. Okay, excellent. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show, Tilly. Oh, it's a pleasure. Been, it's been yeah, fantastic it's been having you on and we've, I've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope listeners out there have learned a lot. So obviously, if anyone wants to find out about booking um, a session with Tilly, they can go on, on your website and also go to the Actors Centre um, website as well and any drama school auditionees now's the time it, it, whether or not you come and see me but my best bit of advice because it's audition season now find your pieces really soon and start working good, good luck mm. good excellent okay well that's it for this week thank you everyone for listening I'm Steve Bradley I'm Jason B. Moore I'm Tilly Blackwood don't be so dramatic <laughs> yeah.